being reasonable. Now heard on WHUPLP Hillsborough, WCOM Carborough, and WPVM Asheville. Being Reasonable comes to you from the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsborough, North Carolina. Fasten your I'm Mark Solomon, and you are taking part in Being Reasonable, the weekly conversation show that focuses on how we've arrived on our steadfast views and our desire to know what is true. To participate in this friendly collaboration, all you need is respectfulness and an honest interest in the truth. We can all improve the way we form and consider our beliefs, and we can do so by being reasonable. One, two. On this week's show, we speak with our first repeat guest, Flo Smith, as she reflects on the intensity of her belief and reconsiders her thoughts on truth one year later. So let's speak again with Flo Smith. You were on my second episode, and it was about a year ago when I interviewed you last, and it feels like a lifetime ago since so much has happened in the world. But what I'm beginning to do is I want to start talking again with the people I've talked to in the past and have them listen to their episode and then come on and reflect on any further thoughts they might have on the belief they presented. Yes. And lucky for you, you're the first. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so happy that you're on again and coming on because I really, truly enjoyed our last conversation. And I enjoyed listening to that conversation again. Did you enjoy listening to that conversation again, or was it anxiety-provoking, or how was it for you to listen to your episode? No, uh, it was not anxiety-provoking. In fact, uh, I uh, enjoyed listening to it very much uh, because I didn't remember the nuances also of your questions, and it really pushed me to think hard, uh, answering the questions that, you know, sometimes I was not very logical in my thinking. And I enjoyed, I really enjoyed listening to it. And I believe that I would have answered maybe a little bit differently. Well, it'll be interesting to get into that. Uh, Just to remind our listeners, the primary belief you presented is that people can survive their death. And specifically, you were having an ongoing relationship with your dead grandmother, your grandmother who passed. And you presented the belief at the strength of a five, from a scale from one to seven. That's correct. And I also asked you how important is it for you to believe in true things? And I think you said a seven, I think. Absolutely. And that's where we left things. That's correct. If I asked you that question again, first, how strongly do you believe in in that concept of being able to survive your death and being able to have a relationship with someone who's passed on, is that still at a five or has that changed any for you? 
I think it would have been uh, a lower number because where I'm struggling here is that I believe in something that is not based on science, uh, based really on truth. Okay, I just believe because I experience things in my life and through my mom, things that can't be explained today. Maybe we will be able to explain this phenomenon, but nobody has been able to give me an explanation of what happened, especially in one specific instance that um, happened with my mom one day in her life. So I think you're telling me that the belief you presented, there's obvious benefits to it because it's the notion of soothing yourself after someone has died and being able to continue a relationship after the relationship had been severed, after someone passes. And I, I think I get that. But you're saying that now you don't believe as strongly in that? I believe what my mom said about that instance. And if you want to, I can share exactly what happened. I believe in my mom. She would never lie to me, okay? But I can't explain and I'm don't even want to try to explain because I enjoy the idea that it is a possibility that, in fact, people, once they die, still can communicate in one way or the other with people who are still living in this world. So you do believe in that? I, yes, I, I believe because I believe my mom. If someone else who I don't know or I don't trust or who says something like that, I will be very skeptical. So the story took place many years ago. One day, my mom went to her dentist and after the visit, she had to meet with my dad and she was supposed to call him for him to pick her up. She forgot her phone at home. So in the street, there were some people standing in line waiting for the bus to come at the bus station. And my mom asked for a phone from one of these individuals. And one lady offered her phone and said, you can use my phone. And she did it. My mom is not very good with uh, directions. So when she listened to my father's instruction to where she was supposed to meet him, she didn't know exactly where to go. This lady who handed her phone to her offered to walk with her in that direction. My mom accepted. She had never seen this lady before. And as she was walking on the avenue, the lady was speaking to herself and was saying, Oh my gosh, I am so cold. And kept saying it over and over. I am getting colder and colder. And she uh, started saying, she is so strong. And my mom thought this lady was a lunatic. And I know that was not very nice of her to feel that way, but she was concerned about her safety. This lady was talking to herself as she was walking on the avenue next to my mom, and my mom 
basically stopped her and said, thank you very much. I think I know where I am. It's okay. Thank you for helping me out. And then this lady looked straight in my mom's eyes and she said, I have a message for you. My mom did not understand what she meant and insist, said, I'm sorry, I don't understand. And this lady said, the message comes from someone very dear to your heart and you have something that belongs to her in your purse. It's a cross that my mom got from her grandmother at her death. And this lady said to my mom, don't worry, everything is going to be fine with your surgery. My mom actually had a surgery schedule with a surgeon about her back and she was very worried about it. And then she never saw this lady ever again. They departed. Yeah, and that is a very poignant story. And it's obviously made an impression on both you and your mom. And one of the take-home messages from this story is that we are able to survive our deaths. Is that correct? I'm not so sure it's the right, I mean, survive your, uh, the, your death. Can you define it a little bit better? What sure. do you mean by survive your uh, death? Because well, she's still dead. She's not among us. Yes. And when I say survive your death, and that's a great question, and I probably should define that, what I'm thinking is, is that this is a person who died. Yes. And since this person who died is still able to communicate, yes. then in some respects they've survived their death. Okay. So I just wanted to make sure yeah. that uh, we agreed no, on a great the question. definition. It's a great question. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. yes, uh, somehow that's what seems to appear, that after her death, she's able to communicate with my mom. But it's not something that has happened before or has happened after that. My mom prays on a regular basis always thinks about her grandmother, but that was the only communication that she remembers vividly. Sure. Through and someone else she had never met uh, before and never mm -hmm. met again. And so for the purposes of this conversation, we're going to absolutely assume that this story is true and that what happened to your mom is true. There's no reason why not to believe it, right? So let's talk about this. First, you're telling me you're not, you don't believe it quite as high as you did before. No, because no. the reason is, it's, it's not that I, I don't believe what my mom said. I believe it, but I also hold on to truth. I believe in being truthful at all times. For me, it's more important than maybe believing. Gotcha. So you would rather know what is true than what is potentially comforting. That is correct. The truth to me is first and foremost. Then this belief is reassuring, it's soothing, and I enjoy maybe clinging to the idea that it is in fact possible to still communicate with dead people, but the truth is more important to me than anything else. Okay. And thanks for clarifying that, because that's not how everyone sees things. And it's important to see how you see the relationship between truth and a notion that is comforting. How can we go about figuring out whether you believe 
in that story due to reasons that are comforting versus due to reasons that are true. It's more comforting. It is more comforting. Yes. And it's not an either or. It could be both. Oh, it's mostly comforting. I am someone who has anxiety and I've always been able to manage it. But sometimes my anxiety uh, can spike when I'm particularly worried about my kids. And sometimes you feel in despair when you don't know where your kids are. They're driving. They went to a party. And so having the thought of this great-grandmother being there mm. and l- looking after us sure. is reassuring. Yeah, I get it. Now, it's true. I could use a different method like meditation, but having that confirming thought and belief has been helpful to me. How do we distinguish between the messages we tell ourselves and the Mm -hmm. messages we believe that are coming from people who have survived their deaths? I don't know. For some, some people, they call it the sixth sense. If there is a message yep. that we wish to know whether it came from ourselves or whether it came from a supernatural source or a, a, a passed-on relative, what would be the correct default position, do you think, that I'm going to believe that the message is coming from myself until there's evidence to show otherwise? Or am I going to believe that the message came from a deceased relative until it is shown otherwise? No, I don't think I would think that way. I I will just be very aware of that force. I won't necessarily think of having this message sent from my grandmother. I've always had a sixth sense, and it's maybe tied to my childhood as well. When I was a little girl, I was bullied in school after experiencing a a traumatic event. I was attacked by a German shepherd, and overnight I was disfigured and I had to face criticism and bullies at home, uh, at school sure. for years. And so during that time, I was very lonely yeah. and I spent days observing people. Yeah. I observe their nonverbal communication. And so I feel like I there's a lot of things things that I feel from people just because of the sensitivity I have when I I feel things from people, either positive or negative, or sometimes, you know, it's just I I, I feel sometimes a a force or a repulsion. I gotcha. And I can't explain, and I don't think that is tied to my grandmother. But it's something that I've always experienced. Uh, and, I, and I get that from you. Yeah. And I know you. And I know that you, the way you describe yourself is exactly how I perceive you. 
you mm-hmm. are a sensitive person and you're keenly aware of how people are behaving or interacting with you. And I think you're telling me that you have a sixth sense that comes from that. That's right. And by sixth sense, do you mean a better intuition than most? Or are you discussing something that is more supernatural and connected to the belief? No, I would say it's a better intuition than most. And just because I am extremely sensitive. So when you are sensitive to others, that comes from something internal, something that is innate to you. But there are other situations that don't come from you. They come from somebody else. That's right. How do you distinguish between the two? So when I have this intuition, I I don't think of my grandmother, okay? Because I don't think it is considered a miracle. Let's put it that way. Right. All right. So, and since I've always been that way, I feel like, yes, it's internal. It comes from me. I sense things. I can't explain it. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's uh, necessarily a force from the other side of this world. Yes. It's something that you are just good at. Yes. Mm -hmm. But there's things that happen in my life that didn't know. No, it didn't come from me. Yeah. Things that were just beyond comprehension. And my sensitivity or my intuition had nothing to do with it because it's almost like it came at me out of surprise. Now, how does the surprise factor make it more likely that it is a supernatural experience? Just help me. I'm just trying to understand where you're Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. Because it's not something that I have worked through. You know, I have thought about. If I told you that something happened to me and I want to know whether this thing that happened is due to supernatural reasons or due to internal reasons, reasons that are just because of who I am, how could I go about distinguishing the two? I, um... And I just want to remind you that you really want to know what is true. And so I'm trying to go on a hunt for the truth with you. And I want to get to the truth with you because you want to know the truth. And I want to figure out a good way, a good manner we could go yes. about figuring the truth out. Yes, I see what you mean. Yes. And, you know, it makes me think of, uh, you know, Santa Claus for kids. You know, they believe in something. They are excited. You know, they, they, they feel a certain way. They, they have a warm, uh, warm feeling. And so uh, if someone feels strong about something they can't explain and it does not hurt anyone else, so it doesn't hurt the environment or it doesn't hurt Mm-hmm. Um, any anybody or anything, yeah. Yeah, sure. then I will not necessarily get on the quest of the truth 
yeah. you know, on their behalf. Sure. I would just let them believe what they want to believe unless it is detrimental to other individuals and that can be of danger or... I hear what you're saying. And I think if you were to tell me that the comforting factor of the belief was more important than the truth value of the belief... That's right. ...for you, then I think our conversation would be over because it doesn't really matter if it's true. You will believe it because it's helpful to believe. That's right. So where I'm kind of stuck is that you're saying that it's obviously helpful, but you also want to know, more importantly, is it true? Yes. So for instance, um, if someone can explain this type of communication or this, what happened, explain what happened to my mom mm -hmm. in a very um, logical way, mm -hmm. I will listen to that person. Just humor me. What could a person say logically that would show that that story, although amazing, may not have a supernatural derivation to it? Let's come up with an alternative explanation for that story that doesn't involve any supernatural experiences. So the story where the lady talked to your mother. Yes. What could be the another explanation? Well, it could be that she was uh, mentally ill. Okay. Um, and, you know, said things that but again, the well, things... If we can take just that, yeah. that's great. okay. All things being equal. If you are hearing the story for the first time, mm -hmm. and I haven't thought it through, so help me think it through. If you are hearing the story for the first time, what would resonate more with you? That the individual was mentally ill and had the embodiment of someone else because that person was psychotic, or that person was communicating with someone who was dead? Well, again, there's some missing part here. So I think it, it could be that she, this lady was mentally ill, but then that doesn't explain the fact she knew my mom had something related to my grandmother in her purse. Okay, and let's take that. And that she was going to have a surgery. And one explanation for that is that your great-grandmother was communicating to that person mm -hmm. who was communicating to your mother. That's right. Or what would be another explanation? Again, you know, the fact that she And I'm not trying knew, to challenge you. Yeah, no, I'm no, just no, trying to say, like, what would be the second best explanation for that particular scenario? Well, again... I, the idea that this person could have been mentally ill is a possibility, but at the same time, it's not logical or it's, it, there's no argument here because she knew too many things about my mom that how could she have known that about my mom? And, and so I wrecked my, my yeah, brain yeah, and sure. tried to... How could she have and known and about... That may be, and that may very well be the truth, that your deceased great-grandmother spoke to that person about your mother. Yeah. 
I'm just trying to know that if it wasn't true, yeah. and if we wanted to think of a second best explanation, how could we go about doing that? Because if we think it through, that second best explanation, and then compare it to the explanation, then maybe we'd be in a better spot to evaluate the explanation. You are listening to Being Reasonable on WHUP. We continue our conversation with Flo Smith as she reflects on her initial conversation one year later, right after this short break. This is Mark Solomon, host of Being Reasonable. Do you like the show and want to help? Please subscribe to Being Reasonable as a podcast and maybe even write us a review. Thanks. I'm just trying to know that if it wasn't true and if we wanted to think of a second best explanation, how could we go about doing that? Because if we think it through, that second best explanation, and then compare it to the explanation, then maybe we'd be in a better spot to evaluate the explanation. 
Well, this second explanation is not satisfactory to me. It's not sure. a strong case. Okay, but just humor me. So you want me to come up with uh, yeah, just, something yeah. else? Make it up. <laughs> that this lady knew my mom and had gathered information on my mom like a spy. So somehow she knew your mom somehow. And we don't know how that woman knew your mom, but somehow she knew her or knew of her and then I was able to regurgitate that information because of that, right? We could, we could say that's a second best, a second explanation, let's say. It could, but again, it doesn't explain everything. Yes. Okay, well, let's just take yes. that. Yes, If I were to tell you a story that was similar and I wasn't sure whether the lady knew me or whether the lady was in contact with my dead grandmother, and I wasn't sure which was the case, where would we want to land first, do you think, on that? That she's communicating with a deceased relative of mine or that somehow she knows of me or know, knows me and knows some details about me and somehow she's able to gather those details. And I don't know how, but that... Okay. Yeah. So th my first inclination... Right. Okay. ...will be skepticism. That's it. I will be skeptical. Yeah. Um, I will have a hard time believing you. About? About the fact that there's a, a deceased, deceased okay, communicating. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Uh -huh. I am, and it, it, it is also, you know, seems to be illogical, but I am in general very skeptical. But again, I have lived with my mom for so many years we have, I have seen things that happened to my mom that it's just not only one time, it's so many times. But that seems to be the most salient example. So that's, yes, I don't want to get into too many example, other examples, absolutely. but that seems to be the, we'll, we'll assume that there's other examples, but that was yes. the main one. That's, that's why. Cor I, that's correct. But I trust my mom, you know, or I have all these years of trust and right. you know, strong foundation, sure. you know, in whatever my mom says, I know she, she and, says and, as it is. And again, we're going to assume that everything she said was absolutely correct in the sense that that's how she saw what happened. But I want to make a distinction between what she believes happened and what you believe happened versus what happened. And that's why I'm trying to come up with alternative explanations, not that those alternative explanations are worthy explanations, but I'm trying to have a discussion yeah. to find the truth if that truth is discoverable. I have not been able to find the truth. I've, uh, I've asked questions to my mom and looked at so many different options and tried to have an understanding of what happened. And I just could not come up with anything that was r rational. Yeah. But at some point you feel there's no more yeah. explanations. He, this. Sure. If you can't explain something, if yeah. there's something that just can't be explained, yeah. would it naturally follow that there is a supernatural explanation. 
Hmm. I don't have a specific uh, example in mind. Um, no, I mean, there's things that you can't explain. Like, I and don't I know much about how car, cars work, like engines and cars. I can't explain it. I don't really know that aspect of science. Mm-hmm. So if I can't explain it, and it seems yes. magical to me, yeah. should we go with the supernatural explanation? No. Okay. No, no, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. No, no, no. I don't jump directly to the conclusion that since I can't explain, it has to be supernatural. Right. I, 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 no, I, I'm not that way. So in the story that you present, and you, yes. what if we said, we're just saying, that we can't explain it, we don't know what it is, we don't have all the facts, but we're not going to leap to the conclusion that it's supernatural. Yeah, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. And it's a very good point because that will be my approach. I would not necessarily jump to that conclusion. It's supernatural if I can't explain it. Again, I think it's the reason that I believe what I believe is because it came from my mom. But if someone else tells me well, that's the belief, and you have to believe in it, then I won't. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't understand. Yeah, so the thing is, what my mom reported to me about what happened to her several years ago, I believed her, even though we looked at different options and see how uh, any kind of um, possibilities and explanation of, what could have happened and, you know, I just believe her because there is this, tr <laughs> this trust, this uh, mm -hmm. uh, 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 very strong foundation um, between my mom and, and me that I don't have necessarily with other people. Yes. And again, for the purposes of this conversation, what your mom has told you. Yeah. That is the experience of your mom. She's not trying to pull anything over you. No, it's just right. That's right. Exactly. Right. Uh, there's uh, no alternate motives. Like she wants to feel important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatsoever. She, right. That's not the kind of person. Yeah. And so if my mom says something, yes, I believe in what my mom says. Right. But I am not with most people. I don't believe things that they say that they something happened to them. Um, I'm not, you, you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, you know, I guess it comes down to how you feel about yourself as well. When you know yourself, you're happy, you're satisfied, you could die tomorrow because you felt like you are living the life based on your values. So I guess sometimes, and I don't want to judge, okay, but some people feel like they have to believe in something in order to move forward in their life. Okay. Okay? I don't feel that way. This event doesn't define you. It does not define me. That's right. correct. Right. And, and so that is what I said in, in the first interview 
that if someone can prove to me that this belief is nonsense and it can be explained by science, then I will accept it and I will not necessarily, you know, I may feel a little bit sad, but it, I will not be distraught. I, it won't mm-hmm. destroy, sure. you know, if If my I life. told you that I believe that it's making something up, invisible unicorns tell me what to do mm-hmm. and control my life and help me make decisions, let's say. And I believe it, but I'm perfectly willing not to believe it if someone can show me that it's not true. How could you show me that my belief in invisible unicorns helping me make decisions is not true? Is that possible? Well, yes. All right, so... you know, it's almost like walking on eggshells here. You know, it's... Uh, <laughs> I feel like this... I do feel... I feel like the tenor of this conversation is a little bit different because it's interesting dynamic because you've heard yes. the first show and I think your responses appear to be more measured. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's true. It appears to be more measured because... Because I... And you're in a judgment-free I've been zone thinking, here. I'm not, I've been thinking yeah. more about it, yeah. obviously, and um, and realized that my belief actually was not as strong as I thought it was. Okay. So the bottom line, which I find is interesting, because you're the first person I've re-interviewed, is that your belief is not as strong as it was, where it was a five, now it's a four or something. Yes, it's, um, yes, yes, exactly, exactly. How do you account for the reduction in the belief? For thinking more logically about what happened. You know, the fact that I realized what's more important to me was truth. And I think I never thought of that before. So you're saying that when you answer the scale last time, the belief and the scale of truth, you didn't contemplate at the time how the two scales were intrinsically related. That's correct. And so when you asked me, that was the first question, you know, how my belief on the scale from one to seven or one, Mm -hmm. okay, uh, was true. Then after you asked me the question, how important is the truth to me? then I realized, well, that is more important than the belief I have, okay? Now, if you had asked me that question first, Uh, maybe I would have answered differently. You see what I mean? Yeah, I never thought about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yes, and again, I think I feel comfortable in my own self to accept the truth. Yeah, I think it should go without saying, and maybe we should say it, that in my mind, to have a belief and then to have further evidence come along and to and then to change that belief based on that evidence, I think the ability to adapt to the new evidence, in my mind, would be a sign of cognitive flexibility, cognitive strength, not a, any kind of weakness. 
Am I wrong about that? No, I think you're, you're correct. We have to push ourselves. And again, in our society, we don't have this conversation uh, often. Yeah. Very rarely, in fact. Rarely, uh-huh. And I think it will help our society if we had more conversation about around truth about or anything, you know, just push ourselves. Yeah. And and not necessarily surround ourselves with people who have the same belief as well. It will be a healthy society to do this. Now I know I touched on this during our last conversation, but I think it's worth exploring again. If you were to wake up tomorrow morning and you were, for whatever reason, all of a sudden would discover that this belief is not true, would your life change any? No, no, would, it would won't you, change. You... But it's still a beautiful love story to me. So I, I still have something that I can keep. You yeah. know, it's a, it's a beautiful, it is a, it's just a beautiful story. A, yes. Because regardless of what happened, yeah. it basically, my mom had this amazing relationship with her grandmother. Yeah. And that is fact. Yeah. Hopefully, if that story was thought of as being not true, I'm not saying that's the case, I would hope that that wouldn't change anything about the relationship between the women in your family. That's right. Exactly. If you had this conversation that we're having now with your mom, how do you think it would go? Yeah, well, It would be, be an, an totally investigation fine. between you two and nobody would get defensive about it. Not at all. Right. No. No, my mom is, to me, cognitively expendable. Yeah. And cognitively yeah. expendable? The point, what I'm trying to say is that she can adapt, you know, and she's okay, not gotcha. stuck uh-huh. and stubborn. Right. Try to be clear, to... your mom is not expendable. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's uh, funny sometimes I come up with... Yeah. Uh, some uh, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> some made up words or no, 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 it's words good. that are not uh, good, applicable in the in it's, a... it's hard enough to come on the show to begin with <laughs> and then to come on the show and and uh, English not being your first language, I can only imagine. <laughs> but uh, well, I do really appreciate you talking with me again, Flo. I thought that was a truly interesting conversation and and I didn't know exactly what to expect, but I, it was interesting to hear that on the first question, you went from a five to a little bit lower. Yeah, that's right. Because I never really had a chance to really reflect on that belief and and realize that truth was more important than anything else. Now, when we talk again, <laughs> what's the probability <laughs> of that belief going down further versus that belief all of a sudden becoming a seven again? Well, not a seven, a five. Well, if actually uh, another experience like that mm-hmm. happens in my life or in my mom's okay. life, yeah. then the belief may uh, go up. <laughs> right, exactly. We'll have to hang on. You so know, may from... go up. So it just uh, so, depends uh, on what let's, happens. Let's pencil it in for a year from now. We'll talk again. That's we'll right. We'll see where we are. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Flo. From the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsborough, North Carolina, I'm Mark Solomon, and you've just listened to another episode of Being Reasonable. Questions? Thoughts? Connect with us at beingreasonableshow.com. See you next week.
my super strength long
Come alive to climb that stair.